0: this is the mark stucheski podcast eric welcome to the show mark appreciate you having me man we had a conversation about you being on the show many 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 months ago and here it is. You're finally here, October 2020. I'm super stoked because I'm excited to hear your story. I know the title of this episode. I know what your story's about, but I don't know your story, so I'm really excited about hearing it. But before we get started, let's give our audience a, some context. Who are you and what do you do?
1: Yeah. So uh, Eric Salzenstein. I'm based out of Orlando, Florida. I'm a uh, TEDx and keynote speaker, and I am basically a coach for coaches, uh, so I show up really strong for uh, service-based businesses, coaches, consultants, and help them grow uh, using all the wonderful uh, different social media platforms and tools we have out there to uh, to to get noticed again and to grow their uh, coaching businesses.
0: Orlando, Florida, the home of my buddies Mickey and Minnie and Goofy and Pluto. I, I love Disney World. I wouldn't know he- now. Yeah. I wouldn't go now because I'm not going to go to Disney World wearing a mask, and I'm not going to social distance. So I'm going to wait till it ends, and then I'll go. But I love – I've been there. Most people, it's a a once-in-a-lifetime trip. For me, I've been about 25 times, and I live in Houston. Uh, My parents used to work there, so I used to get in for free. It's not all. It's not all cracked up to be because when you get in for free, there's no fast passes or any of that stuff. So you have to wait in lines, but still, you save the hundred bucks to get in. Uh, yeah. I love. I love studying the Disney World Company. I love the whole. You know, I love studying companies, whether it's Disney, Apple, Google, Microsoft, Amazon. I love to find to learn how companies grow and how people grow. So coaches for a uh, coach for coaches. You know, when I first had my coach to help me, a coach, uh, it was a Tony Robbins results coach, and okay. before I invested in them. I was like, why, you know, he told me that Tony Robbins had a coach. And I'm like, well, Tony's a high performer. Why does he need a coach? And my coach says, why do you think he's a high performer? Because you can't see everything. And that's why you go get a coach who can say, hey, uh, have you looked at this? Have you considered this? And so very fascinating. So we're going to talk a little bit about that later on the show. But the episode is called From Prison to Purpose. Now, I got to believe that means you were in prison sometime, Right yeah a little foreshadowing in the title there for you (laughs) so tell us about that story i mean we we don't want the netflix eight episode uh version of it but uh give us a give us a background what what is this from prison the purpose thing all about
1: yeah so i mean i think uh let's try to like pick the the Biggest, the, the most important pieces here, uh, you know, the, I had an entrepreneurial spirit uh, from a, a, at a very early age selling uh, candy and CDs, right? mix, mix tapes, CDs.
0: Now, those of you who don't uh, know what a CD is, go Google it. I know your yeah. MP3 CDs was back in the day.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I had them color coded. You could upgrade. So I had my upsell if you wanted to get the customized one. I mean, this thing was like, you know, for a <laughs> sixth grader, really legit. Wow. And, um, so that went all through middle school, you get into high school selling candy and CDs really isn't cool anymore. So, um, at that point, you know, we were smoking a little bit of weed. And so, uh, my thought, my thought process was, Hey, I'll be the one to have it, you know, for my friends and I'll go ahead and get a little bit more and just have it for my friends. And, and that turned into, you know, the next thing. And it just continued to expand. It took a life of its own and was ended up, uh, ended up selling to other schools. I had, you know, students, Kids underneath me selling it just it grew. I basically was like a multi level uh, network (laughs) network uh, marketing business, (laughs) uh, recruiting new people and yeah and so um, yeah it it definitely took a life of its own and then post high school uh, I got swept up in the pill epidemic that Mm -hmm. came through Florida and we just had I mean several documentaries were on this thing Um, we had just uh, these things just crushed us Uh, and. So I was introduced to these things, not knowing what they were, the painkillers and oxycodone and roxycodone and all all these things. And um, the profit margins were huge and everybody was like talking about these things. So I basically jumped into that. And, you know, now we're playing with a a whole different thing than, you know, not to, not to minimize weed or anything, you know, but, but this was a, this was vicious. Mm -hmm. And uh, basically from there, my life revolved around getting high and revolved around my answering my phone uh, and selling these drugs. And I had no vision, no direction, uh, no, no belief that I could do anything beyond this. And, um, it basically all came crashing down, uh, late 2012.
0: And what happened in 2012?
1: Yeah. So 2012 came and um was arrested for an armed robbery it was a uh, basically a drug deal gone bad is mm-hmm. what the detectives labeled that uh, labeled it as and so yeah i bit off more than i can choose my first time getting charged with a felony i had some previous little misdemeanors um and yeah i was facing life in prison at age wow. 22 years old yeah that's a punishable by life crime in florida so facing life and um, i'm i'm basically okay my it's over with like you know what's gonna happen i had no idea what's gonna you know and realistically we were looking at about 10 to 15 years The state prosecutor wasn't working with us kind of blackballing us like yeah so i i I was just shocked and scared and all the things um we had a break in the case for sure the state prosecutor ends up getting married to a doctor local doctor and drops her entire caseload so the the new state prosecutor that picked up um her caseload happens to be friends with my attorney. They were like public defenders with each other back in the day. And, um, I qualified for what's called a downward departure. Uh, basically it's the court having mercy on me since it was my first serious charge. Um, and so a couple blessings that happened right at the, right at the, at the end, you know, towards the end. Um, and they offered me a year over the minimum time you can get for that charge, which is three years. So they offered me four years, um, and my attorney said, if you don't take it, I'm walking. So you, you know, you can find a different attorney is the best we're going to get. So I took the four years and, uh, that's where the, the journey started at that point right there.
0: So talk, I have never been in prison, not even in the prison ministry. So you have never been in prison before. So talk to us about, you know, briefly when, okay, you're going in the court. you I mean, not the court, you're going to the jail. I mean, your freedom's gone. I mean, that had to be bizarre. Um, so talk to us about that first day did it really sink in you when, uh, did you take a bus there? Did you take one of those prison buses or how did you yeah. get to the prison?
1: So, uh, yeah. So prison, they basically, once you're, you, you wait in County jail, if you're, if okay. you can't bond out, right. So you're in County jail is the holding tank, it's okay. where you're waiting to get sentenced. It's where you're waiting to get shipped out. Um, or it's when you're waiting to get, um, found innocent and then you can go home right uh, and if you can't bond out or you don't have a bond you just sit in county jail until the courts figure out you know what they're going to do with you so um once i got sentenced it took about 2 weeks and then they wake you up at like 2:33 in the morning um oh, wow. you, oh yeah yeah it's like they don't they don't tell you what day uh, <laughs> naturally for you know, all the reasons, safety reasons, but you just get randomly woken up, 2.33 in the morning, you go, it's pitch black. uh, They get get you all chained up um, and you get on a van with however many other inmates are getting shipped out. And Mm. that van takes you to a reception center. And the reception center, there's there's, depending on the state, there's typically... Uh, how the size of the state is where they, they're in regions, right? So south, you know they're in different regions of the state. Mm-hmm. And then the reception center is there to classify you based on your charges, your history, you know all the things your gang if you're a gang affiliated, so they they classify you and then they send you to a camp. And the camps are all around the state, right? And then you you get to that that camp, and it doesn't mean you're going to be there for your entire sentence. Uh, it just means that's your that's where you're starting out. And they shipped me up to the to to the panhandle of Florida, way at the top. Uh, it was actually in another. Um, we didn't we were we were an hour. So time zones changed. It was six six and a half hour drive okay. on a van. Yeah, it was. Oh man, that van ride was horrible. Oh wow. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you got there, you get out of the van and is it like the TV shows? Like you walk in the chain, they're barking at you as soon as you got the van. Is it like that? Or is the TV over dramatize it?
1: So what's interesting, I'll, I'll answer that real quick. And then I want to also, I'll mention something about TV and, and in uh, movies on prison, but sure. so yeah, they, they definitely yell and holler. Um, it's, it's one of those things. I think we, so more, more so it's done as kind of a joke, than it is like serious. Like it's done. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's more so like living into exactly what you just said, right? Like, uh, what we've all seen it, you know, we've all seen it on different shows or movies. So I think it's more so living into that than it is, you know, serious. Um, but what's interesting about prison movies, documentaries, uh, TV shows, it's the one type of film. So if you look at action films, action films are way over the top and we know it right and we yeah. just enjoy that like we, Jason
0: Bourne yeah. I love watching Jason Bourne shows but they're right. they over the top
1: <laughs> right right well it what's interesting is that's the one show that's not over the top if anything they they bring it down because oh, just wow. how because of how graphic you know and um it's just another world in there right mm-hmm. and if you you, you have Two sides that you can live, but if you go the one direction, I mean, man, it can, you go, they, that, that rabbit hole goes, goes deep. And so it's, yeah, it's, they definitely, they'll, they'll bring it down a little bit if it's a movie or a TV show. There's only been a couple that I've seen that really nailed it.
0: Okay. So, so that's
1: an yeah, it's interesting.
0: So when you got in the cell for the first night and they closed the door, what, what was going through your mind uh, when, oh, when that door locked?
1: Yeah. Just, uh, Well, here we go. You know, um, you know, we I had already been kind of prepped uh, for what, you know, when you're in county jail, you're 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 housed with other people that have similar charges to you. So the people in my pod in county jail, they they had already, you know, they were schooling me. Here's what here's what's going to happen. And naturally, you talk to who you think you can remotely get some good advice from and sound advice and whatnot. Um, County jail, I had already had to fought fight like a couple times in County. Um, so I was already kind of, you know, um, in Florida, we call it a TOH it's called a test of heart. Okay. So you get TOH, uh, just basically you got to prove yourself just to, just so they know where you're at, where you stand, what they can get away with type of thing. So I had already been TOH would a couple times. Um, and then when I actually got to w- going, I had, you know, people were telling me, Hey, here's what's going to happen. Here's what to do. Um, I had one older gentleman. He was, he had been already a couple times and he uh, was, he was, you know, giving me the lay of the land. So when I was there, I had already kind of prepped myself for what I was going to do. And at the start, you go in observation mode. It's interesting because um, there's a book by, uh, it's called uh, Mastery by, man, Robert Green. Okay. And um, he's, uh, he talks about in any, like if you go into school, if you go into a new work environment, you go into these new different situations. Uh, one of the modes that you want to be in at the start is observation mode. Okay. Um, you just want to be taking everything in. You want to just data, 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 data. And so the first week or so that I'm there, I just really leaned into that piece of advice. And I was just, and you see most people do. And what I notice is over time, I'd watch new people come in the dorm is if people have been before. They just get to their bunk. They set up and and they're just watching and they're just observing the dorm. Mm-hmm. They're absorbing how these people move. You know who's going with who, who's clicking up where, you know what's going on. The and and all that information tells you, hey, you may want to stay away from over this area. You may want to, you know, this guy's known to to steal or, or you know, um, star stuff like whatever. And so you're just processing and taking in information for the first week, uh, two weeks. And so yeah, I did that. I was. Just reading on my bunk and just scanning at all times um and, and learning.
0: I'm interested to know what do people who don't have a clue what's going on. Can you tell those people who are like utterly terrified?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um typically it's typically it's um you can always just tell. Like that's one one thing that's another thing that's really interesting in, in that environment is uh Everybody is super hypersensitive to um, being able to read people, being able to read energy. Be like we'll, we'll we'll literally know just by like a couple sounds in the background. Like we can be playing chess, cards, whatever, and we'll know just by a, a couple sounds if there's about to be a fight. Wow! Um, and and because what we'll hear is we'll hear like voice elevation r- will be raised. We'll hear uh, a chair abruptly get pulled back like way too aggressively we'll hear something fall over like this, like little things that you would typically it's like, maybe you, and even just, even just the energy, even just the energy shift. If you, you, you'll know on the rec yard, if everything's really quiet, you'll know something's going to happen. Something's mm-hmm. going to you know pop off. Um, and as far as individuals, yeah, you just, you, you learn how to read people for sure. Um, and so it, It's a matter of how they're talking. It's a matter of how they look when they're talking to somebody. It's a matter of, are they talking to anybody, everybody? If they're talking to anybody and everybody, uh, usually it's because they they're, they're not confident enough to, to say, no, I'm, I don't want to have this conversation. And so they're getting wrapped up in just anything and everything. Uh, okay. Cause it's one big chess game, man. It's one big <laughs> chess game in there. there are constantly people coming to, to the, the, to just basically try to get over on you, see what they can get from you, how they can, you know, and, and, and not every single person is, is doing these things. Not every single person is bad in there, but uh, the majority it is. And so it's, it's one big chess game for sure.
0: So at what point during your ter- prison term that you decided, Hey, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. I-, I have a bigger purpose of my life. So, yeah. so you say you were there for three, four years. So what point yeah. did you decide, Hey, I'm not doing this anymore.
1: Yeah. So, um, kind of wrapping, it's connecting back to the, when we were talking about having a coach. So when I was in County jail, I, I got on the phone with my dad, this is before they told me the four years. This is like, we were still waiting and I told my dad, I said, Pops, I said, I want you to know that I really want to change. I said, I don't know. I don't know You know what I got to do. Um, I said, I don't know how much time I'm going to get, but I want the exact amount of time God wants me to have. Not a day earlier, not a day later. I want the exact amount of time I need to change. So now fast forward, You get. I got to prison. This was like two months later. I ended up getting sentenced. Two months later, I got shipped out. So I'm in prison. And uh, after that observation mode happens, you slowly but surely start to feel a little bit more confident in your space. Um, you know, conversations are being had, you're picking and choosing who you're talking to. And for me, is and for our listeners, you know, having the intention is just not enough. And and that's where a coach comes in. Having the intention is just not enough. And you can have the intention to start the podcast, write the book, start the business, uh, fix the marriage Fit, you know, change your health habits, whatever, start the diet, new diet, whatever. But if you don't have a clear game plan, if you don't have a clear blueprint to follow someone to hold you accountable, someone to help you out, someone to help you see the roadblocks, challenges, potholes, uh, as well as give you the right strategies to succeed. If you don't have that, uh, in many cases, it's our, our, our intention that we want as individuals, it doesn't hold enough weight. Mm. And so at that and that's what happened with me. I wanted to change like that conversation with my pops, but I didn't know how. And so I ended up basically reverting back to what I knew, what was comfortable, and that's what we do. We go back to our means we revert back to our means. And so that's what happened. I ended up glorifying my past. I ended up wearing it as a badge of honor. I started smoking and selling cigarettes. I, I, I started to, you know, I got in a couple of fights that I caused that I caused like basically, you know, putting myself out there too much. So about six months, I'm realized like I'm putting myself in harm's way. We, we were on the verge of like a, a racial riot in the dorm and I'm never, you know, I'm not, I, I didn't join. I got approached by a couple different gangs. Um, and I, and I declined the offer. Um, and, but I knew at, at this point I had to make a decision, either I was going to go all in over here and just become a, like a true convict or I needed to, I needed to change. And the thought process was, Eric, if you don't do something different right now, you're going to come out the exact same way. You're going to come out even worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I had to make a decision at that point to uh, make a change. I reached out to my brother. He, he's played a huge role in my life. He was my first uh, coach he's a uh, Stanford graduate uh, ex ex-profes- professional tennis player uh he was top 100 in the world um and uh successful entrepreneur out in Denver and so i reached out to him and i was like hey i said bro i need your help man i said i want to change but i don't i don't know what to do here and so he uh he's like all right great man let's do it um <clears throat> he said i'm going to send i sent uh he sent me two books and then he said we're going to get on a coaching call after this once a week um from here on out and that's what we did and we put my game plan together and slowly but surely and it started with those two books uh slowly but surely i became obsessed uh, with personal development and growth and just change and self-betterment and all the things
0: hey there it's mark i just wanted to hop in here real quick to invite you to check out my website mrproductivity.com for the date of my next live training to get my top five productivity tips and so much more it all happens over at mrproductivity.com that i love that story because you almost went all the way to the rock bottom and instead of staying there you said no no i i i want something more and and let's face it you don't have to be in a physical prison to hit rock bottom i know a lot of people walking around today they're mentally at rock bottom yep. and they don't know what to do and i'm always saying do something do something go read a book go watch a Uh, a video from Tony Robbins or go do something. But if you just stay there and you don't do anything, well, you're not going to magically become a better person. And so you reached the point and said, I've had enough of this. I don't want this life anymore. I want to start helping people because the title of the episode is from prison to purpose. So your purpose was really birthed in prison and now you spend your time, I guess, helping people get out of their own way. Am I reading that right?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's been it's been a gradual process. It's a step by step thing. Uh, so whether it's personally for me, it's been personally. And then after it became uh, business. Right. And <clears throat> but it's it's small steps creating big change is what it is. And that's a big thing. Uh, big motto. I live by uh, small steps, create big change. Take the small steps.
0: And I, and, uh, and I think a lot of people, they go, oh, come on, Eric, uh, small step. How's a small step going to help me? I mean, you don't know me. You don't know yeah. me. I'm listening to this interview with you, Eric, but you don't know me. I don't think yeah. a small step is going to work. So what would you tell to that person?
1: Yeah. Um, well, I'd say then, I mean, hey, I'd say start taking small steps, but hey, maybe it is take a bigger step. Maybe it is jumping to get hire a higher coach right now for you. Maybe you're ready for that. And you uh, you just haven't, you know, haven't taken action on that, right? So I think, yeah, everybody is different. So you may need uh, something a little bit bigger. Um, and that's nothing wrong with that. Right. But there's what, what I can tell you is taking that small steps, not going to hurt you. Mm -hmm. It's going to start the ripple effect. It's going to start the pattern interruption. It's going to start the process of change. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's how I'd respond.
0: Why do you think people are scared of taking steps? Is it because maybe they're, they're comfortable and they're, they're they're not happy. I mean, they're not happy, but they're comfortable. They know they go to their job nine to five, Monday through Friday, get weekends off, get vacations off, but they're at a ceiling, but you think it's more than complacency? Do you think maybe fear or maybe they have low confidence or all the above? Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Fear of judgment, fear of criticism, uh, fear of failure, fear of rejection. I mean, the list list goes on. Um, Comfortability is huge. Uh, we know what we know and we like what we like mm-hmm. and we just kind of sit in that. Um, and it becomes even the bad becomes just part of it is what ends up happening. So the bad, the, the, well, we, how we, how we, the stuff that we don't like, like you said, right. We're not happy. The stuff that creates that, well, what ha- we get used to it and it becomes a part of us and even dealing with it becomes basically a part of our everyday life. And so now when you take that away, it's kind of like, oh, I don't, I don't have that anymore. What's going on? Um, Okay. I'm not used to this. Right. And so even the negative, I think really gets ingrained to a point where uh, to a point where people, I don't want to say enjoy it, but they depend on it. They're used to it. It's just part of who they are.
0: Yeah. I I love how Tony Robbins puts it. Tony says that you're better off taking the wrong action The not taking any action at all, because at least then you're moving. And if you're but if you're sitting there like, well, I don't know which way to go. So I'm just going to stay here. I'm not going to move. Well, you're probably going to be there for a very long time. But if you say, I'm going to go left and turns out the wrong direction, you could turn around because you're already in motion.
1: Yep. That's it. It's like, uh, it's like the bounce, like, um, the ball basically just want getting pinged off the, but it ends. I think he actually uses a pinball reference, uh, in one of these, in one of these things. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you on that. No, totally.
0: So when you deal with clients, because I've read some of your testimonials, uh, your clients love you. Uh, what are some of the most common problems people come to you and say, hey, Eric, I'm struggling with X. What What are some of those big problems that you help people with?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. Um, it really depends on the stage they're at. That's for sure. Um, so that I'll, I'll, I'm going to start by saying that, but some of the big ones is uh, uh, imposter syndrome, limiting beliefs. Um, you know, Tony talks. You know, since we've mentioned Tony uh, quite quite a few times, he talks about what eighty five percent's mindset and the the fifteen percent the actual strategies, um, application, all the things like that. Eighty five percent of the game is is mindset. So uh, that's definitely that holds true. Um, I, when we when we talk to prospects, clients, on you know, even after they've been with us for a while, it's still something that comes up, right? Um, I know in my first coaching business, that was my biggest hurdle was mindset. And now, um, you know, I've gotten to a much better place, but do I still have some imposter syndrome here and there? Does things creep up? Yeah, of course. Because as you level up and you play in a new field and you get in a new and a new, uh, now you're playing against different people and you're like, Oh man, like, you know what, look what he, she's doing. Mm-hmm. And then we start comparing ourselves. Like, man, I don't have all those bells and whistles. I'm not enough. Yeah. Like and it's just this nasty game. And, and I think it, we're always going to have a little bit of imposter syndrome. I think it's, I mean, as of now, as where I'm at the stage I'm at, um, it's been here along the way. As I level up, it's that new little bit comes up. And, mm-hmm. and, and I think the, the trick and the key is to kind of embrace it, recognize it as it's part of your growth. Same thing when you grow your business. What do you look to do? You look to break it. You look yeah. to break your business. So it's like it's a negative thing. Something's breaking, but that means you're expanding. And now you have to make the adjustments. Same thing for that imposter syndrome. But yeah, limiting beliefs, imposter syndrome is is a huge one that I see over and over again.
0: You know, and I can speak directly to that because you know, I have clients who love me. I got people on, you know, I'm only on LinkedIn. I know you're on, you're big on Facebook and Instagram, but I'm big on LinkedIn, Mm -hmm. but it's still like, you know, people pay me to help them and they attend my training and all this other stuff. And I, I sit there and I go, yeah, but I'm not as good as this person, but I don't know. See, the thing is, we can look at how many people have followers and how many likes and comments and views, but we don't know their bank balance. Okay. Yeah. We don't. Yeah. Just because you're taking pictures and yeah. videos on social media doesn't mean you have money in the bank. Yeah. Because, you know, yep. in imposter syndrome, a lot of people are acting like they got all their stuff together and they really don't. And yeah. and I, I, I often thought to myself, I have this theory, the Pareto's principle, 80-20. I believe yeah. 80% of people on social media are full of crap. They're not making any money. <laughs> they're looking like and acting like they're making money. I think only 20% of the people are making money. Yeah. And the problem is you don't know this. When you invest in a coach or a course or a program or a training or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. you don't know if that person really is making money. Yeah, their stuff may sound good, but you don't know because I think the truth is you look at their bank balance. They can yeah. have the slickest websites, the slickest social media platforms. They can have the nicest clothes, but do they have money in the bank? Because that, go ahead. Sorry. Go
1: ahead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that, and, tes- that and testimonials, that's it, a big, that's a big thing right now that we have to, as clients, as consumers, uh, and as coaches, we need to be aware of like, especially now with so many people going online. Testimonial social social proof is just so so important. Um, I'm with you on on that. I, I have uh, so I speak towards I speak about money. It's part of I'm a business coach, right? So I do. Um, and I've never actually like shown. And just last week, I, I was like, let me show quarter three. And so I should I, I show what we what we did um, in you know what we uh, cash that came in, not sales, but cash that was that came in the right. business. And. Um, I was and it was interesting because I was on the fence about doing it before doing it. Your point that you just made is one of the reasons why I said, Eric, you need to do it. Right. It's 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 one, I think it's inspiring. The message is inspiring. I'm coming from a good place, heart centered place. It's not ego driven. So I like checked myself in these little boxes. But then guess what happened at the very end before I put it up? I got hit with the imposter syndrome. I said, uh. Yeah, but Your coach is making four million a year. (laughs) Like and then I got hit. And then I'm like, there's, you know, there's other coaches out there who are good coaches, who I respect, who if if I if I knew someone and it wasn't a good fit, we weren't a good fit. And they were like, Eric, do you know anybody that I would refer them over? Like, no problem. Um, so and I was like, you know, they're they had a hundred K month, you know, like and and so then the imposter syndrome crept up. And I was like, Eric, what are you doing, man? Like, what are you doing? Go look at your testimonials. You're changing people's lives. Like, show this. You're coming from a good place. So I, I, I did, and uh, yeah, I got a great response from it. And and again, I think the biggest thing with that is it's it's the inspi- It's the inspiration. You know, I came from you know prison, certain, mm-hmm. uh, uh, server at two different restaurants while I was growing the first coaching business. Like I came from the absolute bottom of this thing, uh, ground zero. So, yeah, wow. It's been, I'm with you on that, though. That's important.
0: Really inspirational story. I'm so glad that you were on the show today to share it with us because I want people to understand that if you are struggling, you're not alone. A lot of people out there, you know, for the longest time, I struggled in my business because I didn't invest in coaches. I didn't make personal development a priority. And that's okay because you, you stub your toe, you bang your shin, you go, well, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to yep. walk around the chair or whatever the case may be. And, and so I want people to understand that just because you're not making money, maybe you're making a thousand dollars a month, maybe making a, a dollar a month. But you know what? Mm-hmm. It's not all about the money, but it is about the money. You, do you believe that what you do for your clients matters? Are you changing people's lives? If you are, then fight as hard as you can against the imposter syndrome because yeah. I guarantee you even the high performers like you admitted to it you have imposter syndrome I think we all do if we're honest I think we're all uh, professional athletes go well, I'm pretty good but I'm not as good as that guy so we all right. we all yeah. some people can squelch it better than others but I want people to understand even if you're struggling even if you made no money in September 2020 okay doesn't mean you're a loser doesn't right. mean you're a bad person maybe right. you just need some direction And that's okay. So don't get too down on yourself. I see so many people going, well, I, I, you know, I've been doing this for three, four months and I'm not making any money. I'm like, well, Hey, what? don't quit. Go get some help because maybe you just need to do a little tweak. Maybe you're doing the thing. Maybe you're going to the wrong target market, whatever the case may be. And so I want to encourage people because I'm not talking to people who are making millions of dollars a month. I'm talking to the person who is struggling to get started and want to let them know that it's okay that you're not alone.
1: Yeah, such a good message right there. Yeah, Mark, that was awesome. Um, And and we don't, you know, we don't, uh, coaches in my space at my level, they'll say for their first initial program, like our initial program, they'll market towards we're going to take you from zero to six figures. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't say that. What I say is we're going to get you to 5k months. That's what we're going to, like, if we're not built, you don't know, getting in this thing, like if you have a passion, if you have uh, expertise, if you have a, a knowledge or skill that you know, you can help people with and, and keep in mind, you don't have to help everybody. You just need to help people who are a few steps behind. Yes. Who resonate with you. Yes. Who you cuz guess what people buy coaches they don't buy programs yes so people are going to resonate with your story your message who you are and if your language is 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 put together the right way if and and you know naturally the other little foundational things content brand and all the things but um, you're going to attract that person and they're going to sign up with you. You don't have to help everyone. It's just the right people, the people who are a few steps behind, right. That Mm -hmm. resonate with you. Now going back to it, we, yeah, we're not, we're not building a seven figure coaching business out of the (laughs) gate. That's not what we're doing. All right. I am not at seven figures and I have no problem saying that because there's no, there's not, it's not like that's not the seven figures is not, the goal at the start at the start is let's get profitable yeah let's get let's get predictable let's get systematized let's also ma- be impactful w- w- our business only grows your coaching business only grows if you're given results right yes. like so that's 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 probably the biggest thing um, so yeah such a good message I mean one of our clients my actually my first client so this guy worked with me on mindset I'll share this real quick. Uh, this guy worked with me on mindset, and when, when I was doing my first coaching business, right, and I had gotten that up to ten and twelve k months, and um, I had been at that time. I've worked with some incredible mentors, big names, and and he said uh, he said, "Man, he was a fitness trainer, so he was working as a server, he was working at, at a gym as a as a personal trainer, and he he was just launching his online program, and uh, well, he had been trying to, he he was having no success online, and um, he had." He had been online social media for like six, seven, eight months, something like that. He had probably about a thousand dollars in sales, selling like really low ticket. He was just struggling, couldn't sell. And uh, he came to me and said, "Dude, you've been doing great." He's like, "Can you can you help me out?" And I said, "All right, give me give me a week. Let me put something together for you." So I plugged in. Uh, I used talkie More uh, and David Bowen, the, the genius model, and uh, we we plugged in. A, I plugged in a framework uh, for there, and I brought it to him. I said, "Here's what I got." And I said, I think this is what you need and took him from in 60 days, zero to he had a 10k, 10.5k launch. And we're freaking jumping for joy. And that's not always the case. That was a that was a big those are, you know, out of the gate. Uh, but we're jumping for joy. And uh, then he brought on the uh, a friend of his. It was a, a mother and she came to me. No experience online. Went from zero to five K. And I said, I've got something. Wow. And I've got the sales background. I love the business side of things, and so I was like, "I'm, I, I'm gonna." And that's where I decided to pivot, um, and so left the fitness and life coaching space and went here. And yeah, man, we we we're just the, our big separation factor here, Mark, is uh, for the price point that we offer at our flagship program. We pour into our clients as far as the accountability or as far as the hands-on that support the accountability, the, the one-on-one the we are over delivering for the price point And we're okay with that. Like I, 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 pay other coaches to help give more to my clients uh, because it's like, again, the results, their successes is, is, is our success. Right. And so we're super heart centered. We're super purpose-driven. Um, and I think that that's a big thing moving forward for all the coaches out there. I'll end with this uh, for this point. Uh, right now with the way the world is, one of the big things we have to be aware of, there's two things. Social proof is huge, all right? That is huge. So if you haven't already, go back to every friend, person, third distant relative that you helped out six months ago. I don't care who it is. If you can get a positive feedback from somebody, you go and get it. Video is great. Uh, I'd say start with video um, and, and then you can always take bits and pieces and put it into copy, put in the text. Uh, but social proof is huge. So here's the second thing. Second thing I believe is being more heart-centered and expressing that along with um, having some, like what is your separation factor? What is your separation factor from the other coaches in your space and really being able to speak to that. Jay Abraham calls it, um, what's his preeminence? What's he call it? His, uh, oh man, I'm blanking on the name, but (laughs) you gotta have something that separates you and you gotta speak to that. And I think being heart-centered along with maybe you have the best prices or maybe you offer the best customer service, you know, what is that thing? Um, but being heart centered and, and that is such a big thing right now. Uh, and I think it's going to continue to be more important as more coaches come in the space.
0: Wow. Well, this has been an incredible conversation and I know people are going to want to reach out to you and find out more about what you do and what you have to offer. So where would they go?
1: Yeah, so uh, I'm I'm just simply like, send send us a DM and send me a direct message Facebook uh, Eric Salzenstein Instagram at Salzenstein. Uh, let's just have a conversation. Um, whether it's me, uh, if you are looking for help, if you're looking to monetize and go online, uh, take your purpose, passion, uh, expertise, experience, and you want to create a coaching program with that, um, then then yeah, we can. We'll make sure you're a good fit and if you are we can definitely get you started uh but maybe it's just you just you just want to chat a little bit maybe it's i can point you in the direction of somebody else that you actually need maybe it's not us it just starts with a conversation it's uh, it was me it was at six months in prison it was me reaching out to my brother and wow. saying hey i i need a little bit of help man um so that that that's that's the biggest thing uh we're revamping the website so that will be com. that's uh right now under construction Uh, but yeah, just, just, um, here for you and I hope that you, you took some good stuff from, from practical stuff here and some, some inspiration from the show, Mark, you're doing great things. So, so, uh, happy for you that the show's growing and yeah, it was a pleasure.
0: Thank you so much, Eric. I really appreciate your time, man. Absolutely. And just before we go, don't forget to register for my October 16th training, The Power and How of Routines. You can either click the link here in the show notes from this podcast episode, or you can click the banner of my website, MrProductivity.com. M-I-S-T-E-R, MrProductivity.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchewski Podcast. Until we meet again, my friend, go be productive.